Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. Uh, you're now tuned in to a sort of sad uh, edition of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. Um, obviously, you have heard the news that uh, one Prince Rogers Nelson, uh, a.k.a. Prince, a.k.a. Symbol, passed away uh, last Thursday on April 21st. Um, you know, our original plan for this podcast was uh, Casey Ray from Future Music Coalition uh, was going to come down and we were going to tackle some serious issues uh, and, uh, about policy and about music streaming, about blockchain uh, you know and all these things we'll eventually get to and we sort of tried to steer this into a serious discussion um, but Sometimes life gets in the way, and, and this this is one of those times. If you, uh, I, I think it goes without saying that uh, Prince is probably one of the most recognizable stars. Uh, this, coupled with David Bowie's passing, is is just a brutal one-two punch in um, in 2016. If there was anybody in the world that was left that was going to uh, carry on. David Bowie's uh, torch, his message, uh, making it okay to be weird, um, making it uh, abundantly clear that you need to, uh, above all else, uh, just create and and do what you want to do, as far as that goes. Uh, It was Prince, and he did that his whole career, and and now he's gone, and uh, I have been watching... You know his his films all weekend. Uh, I've been listening to music uh, all weekend, and uh, and uh, you know it, it fucking sucks. That's all I gotta say about it. So, um, so our podcast today is going to be uh, myself, uh, Marcus Dowling, who you know, and uh, Casey Ray, sitting down, uh, drinking a few drinks, and uh, and talking about Prince, and. Uh, that's about it. So, um, here you go. Episode uh, number 177, which is the last of the podcast. Um, rest in peace, Prince. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and down. That I think there's only one way. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Um, Music died today. We had big plans. We had really big plans for this. And instead, uh, motherfucking Prince died. 
Yeah. And, uh, I think we might get to a few of the big plans. Uh, but, you know, honestly, I wouldn't want to be like going through this with anybody except for you guys right hey, now. So I got thanks, Marcus Allen here. Yeah. You know, Mr. Ray, yeah, Mr. Casey yeah, Ray, yeah. Uh, you are a busy fucking man. And thank yeah. you so much for making it down here. Seriously. You're welcome. You know, the, the, the interesting thing is that we were rescheduling and rescheduling and rescheduling to give me an opportunity to talk about uh, the David Bowie sads mm-hmm. that I was experiencing. And then, you know, Prince, who's probably, I don't know, occupying the uh, second or third slot in the in my personal trinity yeah. yeah you know and here i am on yeah. the day that uh, you want to you, you want to get some stuff out real real quick first yeah. of all let's, let's hit the bowie like anything i i i honestly right now i'm so spun and I, my head has been inside of the, the you know the purple sphere of mourning <laughs> that i i think that, that, is, that uh, is that is the perfect way to say it right the purple yeah. sphere I think of mourning that, yeah. you know i'll have to just set david aside except for to say one thing if you look at both of these artists they are Singular artists who were absolutely fearless. They were relentlessly innovative. Yeah. They uh, changed culture uh, single handedly uh, multiple times and they left an uh, incredible legacy. You know, this is, you don't, you can't say that about that many uh, creators. I, no, I, 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 I was sitting around today trying to think of like who, because like had a couple people like text me and be like, are you all right? I'm like yeah, I'm like yeah. I mean, it, yeah. this is yeah. uh, Marcus. You know, you were on the Purple yeah. Rain. Of course, we 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 uh, covered Purple Rain for the 30th anniversary. Yeah, oh, amazing. Uh, and uh, and it was great and it was fun. And and uh, I, in thinking back, as much as Bowie hurt, like I'm not going to process this for a long time. It'll take a while to sink in. You know, because, my, my mom, who's like the original biggest Prince fan, right? You right? Said yeah. that on Facebook she texted me. Yeah, and like I don't talk to my mom very often. Right, and it, all it said was, "I love you." And I was like, Aww. oh, Jesus Christ. Because, like, you know, like, I'm not, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a mama's boy. We'll put it that right. way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, because, like, we're, uh, and this is repeating a little bit of that podcast, where, where I grew up, you know, it was in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. It's Jerry Falwell's right down yeah. the road. Yeah. And, uh, first of all, black artists weren't played on the radio. No, not you didn't at all. Hear them. Never. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, except for Michael Jackson. Right. And yeah, he's a Jackie Robinson of like, you know, yeah, right. Of all yeah. of this, yeah. And but as soon as Purple Rain dropped, we used to sit out on the curb and this Panasonic boombox that had four buttons for EQ oh, and you yeah, just push it. I had that one. Yeah. Did, did you have the uh, the the uh, the dual cassette one? Uh, that, that no, one mine was, was single. I think. It, well, it might have been dual. I don't know. I can't remember yeah. if I was just lusting after the dual or right. if I actually right. possessed right. it. This one, but this one was, uh, you know, and and. You know, this is a time when you could uh, let your kids out to just play. Oh, yes. Right. And, and, yeah. and, you know, call them at like 10 o'clock or whenever the curfew was and everybody would come in and sitting and listen to the top 10 on Z100 and hearing uh, When Doves Cry, hearing Let's Go Crazy, and then hearing Purple Rain and sitting out there and being like all of 12 years old and there's, you know, a girl sitting next to me. I'm like, what the fuck do I do with this? Like, yeah. what's going yeah. on? I This is so... Yeah. Uh, it just made me look at this. This is so like ingrained in like who I am about just like life and and learning about music. Yeah. You look at every like stage of this guy's music and it will follow you like he just continued not just to grow but to just I I don't know what he was tapped into, but it's it's everything. 
It's, I mean, j- just the solo in, in Purple Rain is so fucking much t- to, like, comprehend. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And the weird thing is with Prince is, like, yeah, I'm a guitar player, so I feel very drawn to good right. guitar players. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. And right. so, you know, when I, I, I didn't realize the immensity of Prince until I started w- working my way backwards a little bit. So we're in the same age group, probably shared a lot of those same experiences. Yeah. Probably wasn't the same girl, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, right. in the cosmic sense, <laughs> yes. I'm sure there were similarities. Yes. Uh, but, you know. You know, so I, I've been playing guitar forever since around that time. And, uh, you know, I always knew he was like a rad guitar player in the Purple Rain solo, like is just such an emotional sort of the sky just opens up, you yeah. know, and it is celestial. And I think that that's uh, you. He's a, he was a spiritual man. You yes, know, yes, I think extremely, is, extremely, I think there is yeah. power and current running through him. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Of course. And, uh, and 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 it is an amazing thing. But going back, I was just found even today. <laughs> that his faculties on the guitar were so immense right out of the gate. Like on the first self-titled album, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a guitar solo. I can't remember what song it's on, but like it is, it is like a better shred than anybody could have. Right, right, that right. was at 79 okay. or something. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and we'll Ooh, get to you more. Yeah, really yeah, quick, no problem, but, no problem. Yeah. I, as, as a fellow guitar player uh, who has probably been playing longer than you, yet you can probably destroy oh. me. <laughs> um, uh, I did go to jazz uh, school when I was wow. 16. I left, I, <laughs> wow. I, left, I left high school. You do I, not have a I sweet went, tie-dye strap on your strap. I do not. I do not. But, uh, but, but, that's, that's so, so in just in your guitar brain, listening to it, yeah. How the fuck? Like I, any of that. It's very inventive. That's the mm. other thing. I mean, uh, the hardest, the easiest thing in the world to do is become very uh, sort of uh, technically competent on the instrument mm. within the certain idiom, whether it's jazz or or uh, rock or or whatever. The harder thing to do is is to actually have your own voice. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, unlike singing voices, which sometimes people. Or nature gives them a, an edge, you know? Like, right, yeah. Tom Waits gonna sound like Tom Waits. <laughs> right. You know, maybe he'll drink a little more whiskey, maybe he won't. <laughs> I'm guessing he will. Yeah, right. yeah, he will. Exactly. But, you know, but on, on, on an instrument like guitar, uh, particularly if, it, if it's a lead instrument, if you're looking at it through that lens, you know, it's hard, it's hard to be that innovative. Right. And um, coming after, you know, yeah. Hendrix. E- and, even I had a friend say to me today, he's like, I just want to get like one millionth of, of what Prince was on, on the on the instrument any instrument i'm like you can't because like you can hear all the notes but you said yeah. celestial I mean, he's oh. great on drums too <laughs> it, no, no here's, here's what's funny with prince for me like it's like and this is the thing that's like opened up to me the more that i've like understood like the era that preceded prince musically yeah like there's so many guitar players in like the late 1970s who are influenced by like this history of guitar playing that is not of the black idiom that True. is like okay so there's like you know like everybody who played for george clinton everybody who played for james brown and they're all kind of like influenced by the same white guys yeah. as well yeah. yeah prince comes along and he's like wait i like metal yeah. so i'm gonna open up like the metal gate and i'm gonna like pull in metal guitar shredding into this like black idiom of like soul guitar playing and I'm going to find the middle ground and I'm not going to put out music until I locate the middle <laughs> ground between like Ted Nugent and Bernie Morell and then we're going to like there was an overdrive uh, that back when I heard it'd it be Eddie Hazel I think <laughs> there's an overdrive on I think it was Computer Blue that just drove me crazy oh god I know what you're talking about yeah and he's playing like four notes and they sound bigger than god yeah this is, is like a fuzz yeah uh, instead yeah. of a distortion yeah, it was pretty amazing. I mean, I could probably talk about Prince's uh, guitar playing forever. Right. But there are other things about Prince, like uh, 
is there a shredding guitar player who also like uh is in the vein of Minnie Ripperton on vocals. <laughs> I mean, no, this not is at all. Like, huh? no, sir. So, it's, yeah. it's funny. I was um I was talking to someone today, and we were talking about uh Prince is a vocalist, also Prince is a songwriter. Um, Prince is a vocalist. He like he's influenced by that, and he's influenced by like all of like the great funk bands that did R and B, like you know, oh, yeah. like Absolutely. like the Ohio Players, and especially Ohio Players. Like it's funny, it's like rooted Midwestern funk. Exactly yeah. right. I was gonna mention that. I was gonna mention like Confunction and Ohio players and all those acts that were like right there in the, the heart of America like making these beautiful soul The Twin Cities there's songs. something in the water in the Twin Cities exactly. yeah, and it wasn't just Prince but it, holy but it, shit it, it also was Prince it went up there it's like, like and, and looking at Prince as a, as, as a you know looking at his whole life now you can look at like how that funk like got to Minneapolis and like yeah. you know I, look, I listen to like Sweet Sticky Thing by the Ohio players and you hear like that vocal in the early Prince stuff like it's influenced there <laughs> New, yeah. Newmar Group did a, did a fantastic release called Purple Snow. Okay. And it's about like 40 tracks, I think. And it is, uh, some of them Prince actually plays on. This is before <laughs> he had a recording contract or anything. Yeah. And it's amazing because all that stuff was starting to leak in. And you, what you hear on this collection is all these things he took into his brain and processed and then just came out. Yeah. Years later, especially in his earlier albums, which he, was he was of his time uh, and perfectly, yeah. uh, perfect, uh, perfectly equipped for his time. Right. Uh, the transition from, I think, uh, funk to you know more digital uh, enhanced yeah. forms of that. He also was an incredibly sophisticated pop writer, which is one in a million in general. I want to find his English teacher and like thank thank her for introducing him to Shakespeare. Because like in the way that he like writes lyrics, like if you look if you look at the 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 meter of the way that he writes a lyric, it's like Shakespearean almost. You're just like, wow, like that's mind blowing. Like you weren't trying to write a song, you were trying to write couplets. Yeah, he has couplets and quatrains, that's for sure. Yeah. I also think that he's, you know, he's he's imagistic in the way that reveals that he's a big Beatles guy, you oh, know? Yeah. Uh, he's just trying to around get... The world, around the world in a day exactly. is the one day, yeah. Which is, I mean, I, I don't know how you guys rate the albums, but uh, I texted a friend today and I said, here's here's the top three, is uh, Purple Rain, Around the World in a Day, and, and Parade. I, I, I think Sign of the Times for me Sign might, Times might actually amazing, end up though. above... They're uh, all amazing, though. Even, ...even Purple Rain, because Purple Rain, it's like it's like Sergeant Pepper. Every time you listen to it, you know why, yeah. <laughs> and it makes total sense. And But at the same time, you're like, uh, you just maybe know it uh, too well, or it feels too... Um, I used to feel that way, and then, and then I got a, a, about a year when there was almost nothing else I would listen to, and now I'm like, no, it's just... It does rip like from it, back to front. Yeah, it just from, from back to front. It's just like it's like okay, I'm trying to explain this to you, and uh, I'm not going to just, uh-huh. just put it on. There's nothing not shitty on that record. No, and right. that's the thing. It's like I, I know why people look at me weird when I talk about Sign of the Times being the one because it's the way I look at people, uh, uh, you know, who say blonde on blonde, who are Dylan people. Because <laughs> well, I'm a Dylan person, yeah. but I just can't stand. Well, well, Sign blonde. of the Times does have starfish and coffee, it does. And, yes. and which is amazing. I mean. It, again, it's. I be- mean, you got the look was also just a, a scorching oh. sound. Oh. Uh, and if, I, if I was your girlfriend. I, I, yeah, yeah. Or I was, I oh was, my I, God. I was driving home. Well, this Never was, take this the place was fantastic. Of your when I was yes. picking up this. Yeah, when I was picking up this rye, I walked out of Schneider's <laughs> and a guy is in his car blasting. I never take the place of your mm. man mm. through Capitol Hill. Mm. And I'm just like, this is the worst mm. and best day ever. Yeah, that is beautiful. I feel that. 
Yeah, that, I yeah. mean, because it was just like because, and, and I don't know the how many. On that is so. Old. And I don't know how many people, like younger people, have heard like those songs. I know the place that Silent Times has, and that would have had for us. But like, has that persisted? Do you think? Well, that's a problem with Prince's weird kind of. Uh, Will he or won't he? Does he or doesn't he relate to Love the internet? To yeah. the internet, and yeah. and it's it was a fascinating thing because you got to realize that Prince basically had the first subscription service, also the first like one of the earliest web stores. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he, it's not like he's digitally averse. I'll, I'll put it like this: Prince never made a cheap song a day in his life. Mm-mm. <laughs> that there and that, and that there's a there's a thing like yeah. a lot of musicians make cheap music yeah like music that is utterly disposable it has a disposable purpose like none of prince's songs have a disposable purpose mm-hmm. in them like these are like transcendental transformational pieces of music that he spent a lot of time putting yeah. a lot of like mental effort and like hard energy into so like yeah you, look you, i know the cat yeah. likes brian wilson you know yeah. it's like real of course like, so it's part of his and brian wilson like tweeted out he's like this <laughs> this is a guy that could do everything i'm yeah. I, like i envied him yeah right i mean that's the thing it's like that's what i feel like that's a thing though with like when we talk about like looping back into what we're going to talk about in the podcast yeah is that if this is a time for artists to stop and go am i really expending enough manpower hours number one and then like artistic Am I putting my artistic credibility on the line, number two, every time I make a song? And that's what Prince did. Like, every time he went into the studio, it was like, he put his artistic credibility on the line to, like, make something that was so far outside of the box. Yeah. And it's like... And do it exquisitely and expertly. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's and that's the crazy part. I mean, have, the, I mean, have the chops to back it let's, up. Let's, yeah. be, let's be clear. Crystal Ball is a hard listen. Mm-hmm. But... Within every moment that's a hard listen, you still get the like, well, fuck, this guy's a genius. You know, I, I don't uh, – when I don't relate to a later Prince album yeah. or, a, or a lesser work, I don't really try to square that with my mind anymore in terms of my love for him as an artist. I gave that up a long time ago. I think in life it's a great thing when you get most mostly consistency from an artist over like three yeah. or four decades. Yeah. yeah. But that is like extraordinarily rare. And I always loved the way Prince had the opportunity to come back and surprise me. So I figured I would be uh, only doing myself, uh, you know, a disservice right. by making it harder for me to enjoy him when he's brilliant. No, so, yeah, yeah. That makes yeah, sense. We, we, we've actually talked about uh, like Jason Isbell in those terms. Yeah. And, and and you know he uh, cut his ch- cut his teeth on Drive By Truckers. Southeastern was a fucking th- that was the apex of what he was gonna do. <coughs> the second album or the album after that wasn't as good, but who fucking cares? Because you they're yeah. they're this artist and like I'm along for the ride. And when you I mean, and Prince got to that point like, yeah. before like it was like okay, well, Prince, <laughs> Prince had, that, Prince had that, that decade from eighty to ninety. Which you you cannot replicate the music that yeah, he you can't made. Fuck with that. You you can't. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a like. I mean, when you talk about like Michael from Michael from from seventy like seventy eight maybe to like eighty eight, is it exactly the same? Because they're on different standards. But like when you talk about Prince from like eighty to ninety, there's not a better artist. Yeah. I feel like right. that yeah. ever. Like maybe maybe Bowie. Yeah. But Bowie didn't have the commercial success. The Prince did. You're right, actually, in terms of uh, sheer record sales. Um, but I think Bowie had a deeper and more resonant cultural yeah, arti- impact. Well, artistically and culturally, like he said, the cultural. Then, well, actually, that's not true. That all three of them did, to tell you the truth. To yeah. go back to MJ real quick, which is a guy who what died at fifty something yeah. years old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it was uh, in, in a lot of ways that didn't surprise me, although I felt it in my gut. Uh, but, but Prince, this is a shocker. Right. But anyway, Michael Jackson, I mean, I think one thing about Michael is that he did his best work with Quincy during a 
a period. Yes. That, and, there, there, was, there was just a... Uh, and and uh, Prince on, didn't need any. Yeah, like, like Michael Jackson <laughs> making records with Joel B. Benitez would so, have been so, the same records. So, right. Sound Opinions was just talking with the L.A. Reid, and they asked him about Michael Jackson, because apparently he gets asked this question, mm. and he said, he said, yeah, I think he was done. I think mm. he could go out as a performer, and he's like, some people, they run out of stuff to say, and then they just... They can go out and be performers. They can have a career the rest of their life, but the, the heat yeah, was off is, of them. And, 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 but with Prince, I don't know if that was... He's too idiosyncratic. I never would have uh, written case, him out. Yeah. You know, never would have written him Ever. out. Ever. I mean, Prince is one of those guys that, like, you wish that, like, modern pop artists like, like a Rihanna or, like, a Beyonce would have, like, stopped and been like, wait... I can do anything I want musically. It's like it's like we always go back to Kendrick, but we should always go back to Kendrick. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if like Beyonce or Rihanna stopped one day and said, "Prince is available," and just hanging out <laughs> in, in Paisley Park. Yeah. And how about I hang yeah. out with him for a year yeah. and make some music and put it out and see what the people think? Yeah, he's not going to turn Beyonce down, right? I mean, he would have. Just think about that. Like that's the thing that could have happened. And you know, like with with somebody like Prince, that's the thing. Jay, Jay would have to assign a bodyguard. Then. Well, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing that I think about with somebody like Prince, like how he could have remained relevant, but he just had no desire to do that. I don't think that was one of those things where like he would have like necessarily reached out to do that because I think as an artist, he's at a he was at a point where like he had made all the hits. Like you always, you always see Prince with that bemused look on his face, and I feel like it's because he made songs that literally changed the world. Oh, he knew. So like yeah. every single day you wake up and you you just you can think of like a B side off of like you know God like around the world in day or something and you're like that song is better than like ninety five percent of what I'm going to yeah, put on the radio here right now yeah he didn't actually have very good luck with proteges though it's weird he tried to he tried to start many a, a you know a female pop career yeah, yeah. and I, I think it's because he he was seeking his his anima in a young Jungian term absolutely and it wasn't it's crazy though because he actually could musically express his femininity very uh, mm-hmm. effectively which is something. Which is something to talk about, like too, because like, but much like Bowie, he, he I just brought Jung into the podcast. That's fine. Yes, he did. I was impressed. I don't know if it's the first time. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't happen. Damn it. it doesn't happen often. But it. But uh, I mean, my degree is in psychology, so, oh, well, so we're perfect. good. Okay. Uh, so, but uh, you know, the, much like Bowie, uh, he gave people the right uh, to basically fly their freak flag high. Yeah. And and that was. You know, both of them played out. They're dealing with uh, their own, like, just sexuality, their own, like, creativity, like, in front of people. They really did. Yeah, they I really, really did. did. Yeah, I've always had the sense with Prince that, like, anybody that he dated in that period where he was, like, the most, like, relevant pop artist that ever yeah. existed, he found something in them that he couldn't do himself as, like, being able to tap into, like, I mean, it's a man who wore still heels on stage. Let's be honest. Yeah. This is a man who like he did that. And, and let's be clear: if you guys don't think he fucked that puppet in Purple Rain, he fucked that puppet. But to me, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, if I can't access that myself, or there's someone I happen to see in the world that that fits yeah. a standard of beauty that I personally cannot reach, then I have to pull that person into my creative and, circle. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to make her sing songs that I yeah, yeah. wrote. Oh, trust me. I have, I understand that I, I get it. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> to me, that's what it is. It's like, he, he goes to the world, he goes, Apollonia. I can't do that. Yeah. She will sing Sex Shooter. Because I want to sing Sex Shooter, but... I can't sing it with the same emotional clarity that that woman yeah. can. But that, that that also gets into like his business acumen. 
Like, yeah. do you think it was that he couldn't, or that he was like, "This is going to sell better"? I don't, because I, I, I mean, look at look at the time. Because that's a band that people don't understand. It was basically Prince. Oh. I mean, it was more. It was all them. Yeah. But you know, I, if these were songs that he was not comfortable like singing, but he understood he can present it in a different package. Yeah. I mean, the guy knew how to make money. I doing think this. Morris is the one artist he always looked at and said, "I wish I could have his swag." And that's like, I I think that he looked at Morris Day and went, if I could have one tenth of of the swag that that man has, like that cool, like as an African-American male myself who loves Morris Day, like I, as I'm, when I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. I also was a professional wrestling manager for 13 years. And as part of my managerial thing, I oftentimes would embody Jerome Benton. When he was working with Morris Day, yeah, and he was like yeah. the second mm. to mm-hmm. Morris Day, because I love Morris Day that much. And there's a thing with him where he is the coolest. There was a period of time in the world where Morris Day was the coolest black man that ever lived. I, I would agree. I thought he was the coolest. <laughs> is that period of time? Uh, over? I would agree. I, I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't, I don't but, know if it but, is. But, so I think the prince just looks at Morris and goes, "Yeah, yeah, I will never be yeah. that cool." No, because but there's I like there's a James Brown thing that got that got passed off to to Morris Day that right, they, that right. Prince did right. not. He couldn't grab that fucking. <laughs> He couldn't grab that wrong, man. Grabbed, but that's that's my question. He could grabbed he, a lot of other wrongs. Yeah, exactly. Right. Could he could he not though? That's my question. Ah, like, could he not? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. did he just be like, you what? know what? I got to share some. Yeah, of I got I got something to say about Prince's uh, extracurriculars. All right. Okay. Uh, so you know Morris Day. That's that's awesome. The time, but I, I look at that more as like they are of the same thing. They might as well all be in. They yeah. are the same band. Yeah, they actually the literally came out of the same the revolution scene. of time. Everything exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was birthed from the same uh, whatever. So it's like it's a fraternity, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and a sorority as well. Yeah. Um, with the proteges, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little bit different. I think that Prince misread the fact that the general public loves him. They love him. We want more of him. Everything right. that's good about him. But he also and he, his his deep deep his own personal deep deep like can't you see it in her or her or her? It was upsetting to him, and he you know sometimes blamed it on the record industry. But he yeah. also came up like I, I, I I'm going to presume here, mm-hmm. and I'm, I don't know if I'm right, but uh, idolizing people like Ike Turner. Mm. Oh. And and back or in the day, uh, Phil Spector or Phil Spector, yeah, which keep her chained in the basement and yeah. make a hit, <laughs> right, right. And then so he came up doing that, where where you know the man. I don't uh, condone that, by the way. That no, 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 okay, no, no, describing describing the literal environment in which no, Phil Spector records yeah, were made. That's right, exactly. <laughs> you know, but 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 came up in that. Uh, in that musical environment where you had like the, the strong man yeah. behind the thing. And, and if he's like, if there's insecurity, Brian Wilson I, wanted to do it too. He, you know, he tried to get uh, yeah. his, his wife and his wife's sister, yeah. um, the honeys. And he had a couple of other female proteges yeah. as well. As an aside, are we glad this isn't a Phil Spector thing? <laughs> like, like it wasn't oh, Prince, it was no, dead or I'll something. Go back to that one too. <laughs> I, I, me too. Okay. So because, it, because that, that was what, uh, I, I saw, I'll do all your death podcasts, dude. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I saw, I saw, uh, like, I, I was, I, I'm weirdly uh, on Twitter a lot, like, a lot, and I get the alerts. And so this came up, and I was like, no, no, yeah. no. And then people were like, well, it's just a body found, and, I'm, and all of a sudden I had this. Was it narr- going to resurrect? No, no, I hadn't even no, called out. No. no, I had a narrative. Yeah. I was just like, Prince motherfucking killed somebody. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, okay. So oh. I'll, I'll, so I'll, I'll loop this. We'll loop this together. Um, when I was twenty three, I went on a date with someone, 
and she's like, you know, she was like, I was really into music before I wrote about music. I like love music and uh, obsessively. And she goes, who's your favorite producer of all time? And I said, Phil Spector. You're on a date with a beautiful young woman, <laughs> and you say your favorite producer is Oops. Phil Spector. The, the, the response you get from someone is, is not okay. Well, do they know who Phil Spector is? Yes, they know who Phil Spector is. Ah, so they understand good, his good story, taste, and taste. they look at you, and you're like, okay, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I really want to like believe that this man is not going to like you know strangle me and or in my life. You know, it's, it's like, hard separating the art from uh, the artist. It's a, it's a real difficulty. Yeah. I mean, there's probably legitimate reasons to like Burzum. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Jesus. Just, I'm just saying, wow. <laughs> Just saying. Go on. Right. Yeah. Wow. But so there's, you know, there's a lot of things that people do that are that are batshit crazy, morally reprehensible, and and just actually sometimes really hard to figure out. Like they're artists because they pursue a kind of something that other people don't. You know. One thing I'll say about Prince is that Prince always told us why he was doing something. Like when Prince changed his name to a symbol and was like, I'm a oh, yeah. slave on my face. Yeah. He's like, here is why I'm doing this. Yeah. So that there is absolutely no question yeah. why I am feeling this way. And then he would just shut up and then it would let the thing play out. And then it's like, okay, cool. You're absolutely right. He did shut up and let it play out. Yeah. Isn't that did. wild? Yeah. yeah. I love it. And, but he and told everybody right. first. Yeah. And sometimes he's right. Sometimes he's, he might actually be right in the, grand arc of things right. we have no idea but. but he but he told us he's like listen yeah. i'm gonna uh, write slave on the side of my face because warner brothers sucks yeah and i'm 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 just not saying anything else that's that's what i'm doing right the you know you know the source of some of those beefs it wasn't uh i mean he was making money for everybody so they they accounted to him well i believe it was yeah. never about right, right, that right, like right. it is with some other artists and you know unless you have a powerful enough entertainment attorney your ability to to audit up well right <laughs> they'll do a, f- a shitty audit yeah. uh, is, is compromised but i don't i never heard that about prince but i think it was because the label was resistant to flooding the market with his music he put out an album a year for yeah. 14 years and then he wanted to put out you know double and triple albums every f- six months <laughs> so yeah it, and he also made an album with miles davis that people were just like uh, yeah. why, why would anybody want that like, this this gets to the point of with, with prince where like people I, I don't think people understand this he released an album a year of like a full album, not like an EP. Like when we, when we did when we did um Animal Collective or whatever, uh-huh. and they were like, and they yeah. released like four track EPs. Yeah. Like it's like, oh my god, we have victoried and released an EP this year, and not yeah. an album. Prince released a full album of like legendary hit singles, and everything took so much longer back then. It was harder uh, to do practically everything, and uh, the great bands usually labored in longer cycles. And, and it wasn't a fear that you were going to lose touch with them because it was a much less noisy marketplace. Right. Sure. So if you were a Pink Floyd fan, for example, you could wait the three to five years for oh, a Pink Floyd And record. you would. And but, you would. You but, might wait 10 years yeah. for So Prince put out like 150 great songs in 15 years. Is that, is that the number? It's it's kind of, that's roughly the number. Like 100. Like we know this is, an, well, now that you're here, Casey, this is a facts-based podcast. Yeah, now, like, but I, I, roughly, don't, I, I do not have that data yeah, inside. Yeah, roughly like 150 <laughs> yeah. songs. If you look I at don't like, literally see it scrolling in yeah, front of my if you're eyes. Doing like, <laughs> if you're doing like, four, if you do an album a year for like 15 years, and this is like, you know, 10 to 12 songs, it's like 150 songs in like 10 yeah. years. So like, he's got 150 songs worth of ideas just floating around his head. Then he's also got like other songs that, he just kind of started. Like, you could farm those out. Yeah, like <laughs> the whatever. level. I mean, also think about it. He also wrote like a lot of the Times material. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. And Not a lot. Oh. Yeah, all of the Times material. 
Apollonia's records, Vanity's records, Sheila E. Sheila E.'s Sheila records. E. I love Did bizarre. He uh, I love bizarre is princess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For certain, I love bizarre is princess. Like Sheena Easton. Sheena Easton. Right. So think about that. Like this man made like again uh, a couple bangle songs. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's so responsible like, for probably one of the biggest hits of the eighties uh, or was that the Shaka 80s? Khan too? I feel well, like you know. Well, Shaka I gotta tell you guys, nothing compares to you. I gotta you. tell you guys right. a little personal story, and this is gonna make me seem like a you know paternalistic misogynist you prick. Uh, <laughs> wow. And I also killed Prince. Wow. Uh, oh. But but I'm here first. Oh. So trigger warning. Uh, unless you're if you're offended by uh, a young male, maybe in his twenties. Uh, uh, late teens to, to, to early 20s being attracted to a uh, female celebrity um, in a non in a G-rated way if that's a trigger for you please <laughs> please please stop Triggers. listening please Triggers. stop listening um, yeah so I, I had a crush on, 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 on some ladies and when I was a kid and one of them was Winona Ryder. I mean, everybody had a crush on Winona Ryder, right? Oh, but so yeah. Winona Ryder, you know, I'm in kind of relatively the age group where, you know, if you if you gave me a couple more years, I'd probably be swinging into the area where she could date me. Uh, you know, she dated Johnny Depp, and that felt like my tribe. We were all set. This and then was when a, she was, this was a and then when they broke up, she was available, bro. That's right. Bro. So there was this totally. window. Then she started dating people like Dave Perner from uh, from oh, Soul yeah. Asylum and fucking the guy from Counting Crows. Runaway yeah. train. And, and so I, I like had a like. Like a like a kick in the balls list of like guys and like and like being a being a pud and dating Winona is gonna get you on that list. Yes, I don't yeah. care what else you're bringing. Right. I know where this is going and it's gonna be great. Right. And so then you know with Prince, I look at Prince and I'm like, you know, Susanna Hoffs from the Bangles is kind of my girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know Prince dated her for a little while and yeah. I was like, nah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. What can you say? <laughs> But like uh, exactly, that's yeah. things so like. So Prince, you date my mom? No, that, that's yeah. cool. But, but think about it. So like, morning over. So like yeah. Prince maybe had like two hundred to two hundred and fifty songs over a ten year period <laughs> that were like some of like the best songs that were ever created. Yeah. So he has every right to walk up to Warner Brothers and go, "Listen, I want to do a double album. I have like twenty five great songs. I'm just sitting on them." And 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 Warner Brothers saying, "No," I can just imagine him as like, "Okay, a kick in the balls, like." What have I not done for you guys? Like, yeah. What yeah. have I? Yeah. I wrote songs for other people. I have five other bands that I've like made. I'm financing your company. Right. Literally. Yeah. It's, yeah. This is like if Lady Gaga, for, for the modern era listeners, this is like if Lady Gaga and Adam Levine walked in the Interscope and said, we wanted to do, I want to do a Maroon 5 double album and I want to do a Lady Gaga like triple album. And Interscope was like, no. <laughs> Maybe Interscope would be like no. Yeah, I, you know, but you know be, what I mean. Because like, the market's different. It would be a different type of demand. Right, I, you know, it wouldn't be a triple album. But it's the sense of like. But it's the sense of like they've literally funded. Interscope. Yeah, this is the house that whatever built. You know, yeah, right. Um, you know, Capitol Records and is the house that Brian built. You know, right, and yeah. there's a lot of things like that. And but I, I think that the the part of it that probably Prince wasn't getting and internalized pr- improperly was that the labels are in a certain business, and that business is youth culture. Uh, and pushing that, you know, to the yeah. to the limits of profitability. Yeah. And there's an aspect of Prince's music at precisely the time when they weren't putting out the mm-hmm. Black album and so yeah. on and so forth, forth where like it, you know, New Power Generation was a kind of stalled a little bit. Yeah. And and uh, it wouldn't. It's not like he didn't have gas in his tank, but I could right. understand why the label was. Right. Well, New Power reluctant. Generation stalled a little bit, and I, and I just realized this today because I listened to uh, Diamonds of Pearls. Great song. On the way home. Yeah. Well, no, the album. Oh, the, oh, album. the album. Great, great album. And and I, and again, he it was, actually is a great album. It is a great mm-hmm. album, but he was ahead of the uh, mass proliferance of rap. 
Like he, he, I mean, back then you had what, like, uh, you had Public Enemy, yeah. you had NWA. You were just starting to get some of the stuff like uh, there was some safe rap. rap. There was so DJ like, no, Jazzy Jazz, like, but, but there was also PM Dawn. PM Dawn. There, there was, oh, the, yeah, PM there, Dawn. there was also Chris uh, Cross was around. Right Chris about Cross, yes. Diggable Planets. Uh, I perfect. don't think Arrested Development hit. But yeah, that was ninety one. But, but all yeah. of a sudden, all of a sudden, if you the song uh, Daddy Pop, uh, you have a guy just talking about rap. Yeah, that, that I mean, it's a rapper on a Prince album talking about rap, and this is a couple. This is a year at least before like this really hit. Eh, I don't give Prince any real credit for rap. I, no, I, no, I'm, not my, giving, I'm not giving him credit for rap. I'm or not, like even introducing it. I mean, honestly, I I I think that like it 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 in an artist of Prince's stature could be looked at the other way. Actually, actually okay. like he's chasing something mm. that isn't his. It's funny mm. when I listen to Diamonds and Pearls, I'll say this about rap and Prince. I always feel felt this way. Even when, even back then when I didn't have the, the acumen to understand it, but like get off. Yeah. I love samples. That song. Love that song. Samples James Brown yeah. in a way that a rapper would samples James sample James Brown, but not on a rap record. Like it's, it's like a hip hop idiom. It's yeah, thinking so like yeah. Prince. Yeah. Prince danced in the hip hop idiom. Yeah, like right. he like danced around it. He's like, okay, I'm gonna sample James Brown because I listen to Public Enemy records. Just like everybody was listening to Public Enemy yeah. records, and it was like, oh, Hank Shockley sampled James Brown. Well, he did it the way that Miles would do it, and that right. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm I'm gonna sample James and do it this way, and it'll and Miles be cool. is such an egotist and you know like flaming narcissist that the reason that Miles likes Prince is because you know he sees like you know my 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 lineage is extended <laughs> right yeah yeah right so I mean that's the thing it's like so when I listen to those records and you talk about like Prince and rap it's always funny because Prince like on that record and on the uh, the symbol record there's like rap rap is present mm-hmm. on the record but it's like only done in a way to like put it into his but that was after purview. and okay. that was after well I, I can go with that but it's like but, it, but to me it's yeah. like in the pop but it's like it's when rap went pop like that's the problem with with with, with prince and rap is that rap was like around for like 18 right. years before prince yeah. like yeah. touched it you can give debbie and, harry more and, credit and, and, and prince. right exactly and casey that was my yeah. point is that rap yeah. hadn't gone pop it hadn't hit the like yeah. the, the stoner dudes in the fucking like townhouse at virginia but, tech but when Not, it, you know but when prince touches it it's well neither it's, did prince i don't think it's yeah, no he absolutely did yeah but to, to me it's did? like yeah purple purple huh. rain like yeah. well that was ubiquitous yeah, yeah. yeah that was but, ubiquitous. but to me prince and rap is funny because Prince touches rap when rap is at its most like basic and terrible form. Yeah. When like you have when when Young MC, Tone Loke, like all these guys who are all one who wonders Vanilla Ice are all like running rap. When like when labels are like, okay, <laughs> yeah, anybody right. that can rap, mm-hmm. Dog and Cog has a has a has a deal. <laughs> like there you go. Hey, where do you put Kid and Play on this? Spectrum? Oh well, 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 Kid and Play were different because their production. Oh, Kid involved, and Play were different. Kid and Play were different. <laughs> Kid and Play were different because they're in, because because they had different haircuts. Because I'm from Washington D.C. and Herbie Lovebug had the good common sense to sample Go Go. So oh, I don't oh, care. Oh, oh, come on, man. I don't okay, care. The Go Go Pass. We'll give it to yeah, you. You're gonna yeah. eat, they get the, no, no, no. Kid and Play will always get a Go Go Pass. Go Go Pass for me. You hit All a right. very sensitive point. But I'm saying like. At that point, but they were gimmick rappers. I will say that because yeah. if kid didn't have the the high top fade, really great filmmakers though. Absolutely, yeah. House sure. party, so house quality party contributions to the eighties, you know, teen yeah. genre. Exactly, house party. Yeah. yeah, agreed. But but when Prince gets to it, it's like he's like, okay, I'm like the last man in the room, and it's Prince walking into the rap room in 1992, and it's like NWA and like mm. Public Enemy, and there he's like just mm. like 
jacked up guys yeah. with gangsters yeah. and there's like Prince at his heels like hey yeah. guys how you doing you know we're you know <laughs> they gotta we're respect the motherfucker though yeah they respect him but it's like still they have to be hard like we will be hard we'll hard be guys like, respect that motherfucker yeah but I, this not, is weird everybody Everyone. respects yeah, yeah but I don't think that it was at a point where they could like look at him and be like we actually respect you they have to look at him funny uh, Prince isn't even looking at them so you know right and, and that's why it, it didn't resonate like he carried himself as a, you know, he took that regal, uh, it's actually, actually his name, but he took that regal <laughs> yeah. moniker and he embodied yeah. it in ways that are, are really kind of profound. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think even, you know, even tough guys <laughs> oh. have to sort of, you know, <laughs> so pick, like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Well, I mean, before, before, before Dr. Dre was Dr. Dr. Yeah, you can fuck my mom. Before, <laughs> Dr. before <laughs> Dr. Dre was Dr. Dre, remember, Dr. Dre was in the World Class Wrecking Crew, which is totally like a Prince ripoff. Well, that's the thing, too. I mean, I heard a, I, 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 I heard a Jeezy song like, like a minute ago by accident, like not a minute ago, like yeah. not in my head. Right. And, uh, uh, and, and. And it, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of prints in there. <laughs> yeah. But when you're talking about uh, like artists, like who, uh, you know, there was something that we were talking about earlier that we kind of drifted away from, and it's like, who does this now? Who can be Prince now? Right. And or who even like is able to kind of give themselves that creative permission slip against all the other things that they're trying to do to make it in today's industry or whatever right. that means. Yeah. Uh, and I think that you know, there's good solid evidence that some of this has been passed along. I mean, you can go from, you know, Prince and you could take a long leap if you wanted to and maybe drag some of the P-Funk with you uh, and land on Outkast. And yeah, then, oh, absolutely. And listen, then you can leapfrog to... the love to, below on the way here. Right, then you can leapfrog to Janelle Monáe who's like mm-hmm. clearly yeah. like, you know, doing like the, the retro futuristic... Which, which that yeah, might funk. be the heir apparent. Right. Right. Maybe. I mean, I don't know how much she's got in the tank. She hasn't like... Like all the bangers that you just talked about, like yeah. Janelle Monet doesn't have a single three no. of those. You know, she She has a concept, yeah, which and is, she's killer. Yeah, and she's it's amazing. Good headphone, they're good headphone listens, yeah. and they're right. good, like you know, they're deep, awesome records. And maybe that's just what it is, and I should, I don't have a problem with it. Mm. But like to be what Prince was, right. you know, which is two th- many things at once, but a couple of them are, you know, deep, fucking, like powerful fully personally realized art channeled. And then the other thing is massive unit shifter. <laughs> so, so, to me, so to me, it's like, okay, pop has to get dangerous again. Like really, really dangerous. Like, and I don't know if we can do that because radio had to get dangerous in order for pop right. to get dangerous. Like radio had to be willing to be like, okay, FM's going to open up and we're going to like put in, put, we're going to play metal on like FM radio. We're going to play like big giant, Curmudgeon well, uh, on the 80s here for a second. Because if you look at the charts like back in 84 when like Purple Rain was out there, you had that. You had like Def Leppard. You had Phil Collins. You had, uh, I'm trying to think who else. But, but Prince won because he was, because no, no, it was but, but my dangerous. Point, my point is, is that now there's no diversity. Right. Well, if all, if all the songs on the radio are written by, like, one Swedish dude, that, that's, that's bound, that's bound <laughs> well, to happen. Right, right, right. Well, that's not going to happen anymore, but we know... We, Although, i got to tell so, you, I mean, like, like, listen, radio, as we know, it probably had an amazing renaissance in terms of creativity and, and its ability to reflect a, a marketplace that was both saleable and also extraordinarily, uh, you know, kind of um, visionary. Yeah. Yeah. And that was in a very brief period. Right. If you go before that, radio was lucky because it was a distri- it was an you know sort of audio technology uh, distribution yeah. uh, model that was still kind of new, Absolutely. and it had 
essentially Sinatra, but really what kicked it off was Hendrix. And then of course mm-hmm. there was, you know, the sort of race records and radio, which is a whole nother yeah. ball of wax. Yeah. But in terms of the actual diversity that you heard, like musical diversity, it really up until uh, the, what we would call like that rock Renaissance in the sixties yeah. and FN, there yeah. wasn't a lot. And then after that, it, it very quickly became like corporate. But Prince rock. got, but Prince got in. And he, I don't know how he did it. He just caught it like, he caught I, like the perfect area. He just surfed it. Well, he it was the, it. it was the fact that there were no good. There were no. There were no black records that sounded white enough to play on mainstream radio. He knew how to. He knew how to work the camera too. Right. He's a great performer. He had like he, the part of James Brown that he did occupy yes. was in his, the, the fleetness. He's like James Brown and Fred Astaire. Like boom. Right. Yeah. And it, it is like there's like sexual heat plus like a like a precision. Right, you know, it's that it's that like Elvis Presley thing. With like Michael guy. Jackson had to like affect sexual heat like a mannequin. No, but you always know it's like <laughs> right. it's an invoked force. Prince, Prince is trying to have sex with you when he's dancing. When Prince is dancing yeah. in front of you, he's, he's trying to have trying sex to have with you, you and you yeah. and you exactly. and you and you. Which of course and all works like, well in an MTV universe where right. it's like you well, feel it. I, I mean, honestly, like uh, you know, I, I posted this on my uh, Facebook page about the first time like Dari and I. Like hung out and right. uh, I was at a print show at Verizon Center, yeah. and he was fucking the back rows, mm. yeah, like yeah. with his mind, with his mind. <laughs> I yeah. mean, to- like how do you? I mean, and and <laughs> and so like to to try and uh, I mean, and we can. Keep on like this. Dave, Dave Grohl fist bumps the back row. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. What does Florida Georgia Law Lang do then? Oh, uh, God, you don't want to know. It's, it's some kind of like complicated rap handshake. Okay. Like the guys I'm do sure at the NBA incestuous. games. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so, you know, we can keep down this path, yeah. but, but I do want to, because we did actually initially want to do like a serious podcast. I'd like to say we tried to do this podcast at the first of the year because basically I wanted to have you on and I wanted to have you on to set like the bar. We have names, you know. Well, okay. <laughs> I want to have you, Casey, on and you, Marcus. Hello. Uh, to, 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 uh, to set the bar for like people who might be listening and struggling with being a musician which is honestly your job is casey is to help people do this oh boy boy like that's a that's a sort of uh, i feel like the world's tiniest atlas holding up it is but everybody does their part and, and you're doing a it's a literally phenom- your job. you're doing yeah, a phenomenal you. part thank i you. mean people come out of, rub it in <laughs> people come out of the uh the conference sheet throughout every year and honestly are changed it's been been the history of it. I mean, I think that it's uh, it, it's it's a little bit presumptu- presumptuous for me to take on any kind of mantle of doing any of that because really, at the end of the day, it's about the people's desire yeah, sure. to have that uh, reflected in a community, which is the fundamental reason that Future Music Coalition was born because it came out of a community that desperately wanted to actualize. Yeah, yeah. and and that was an independent community, and it goes all the way back even before the organization when Jenny does. Jenny and Kristen had the Mechanics Guide to putting out a re- uh, you know a record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you know this send a self-addressed stamped envelope to the positive force house or wherever they were. You yeah. know, and uh, the people would get, uh, you know, this thing. And then the next thing you know, you have merge records and Barsook. And, you know, it's, yeah. They right. called it the, but, the thing that launched a, a thousand record label. So it's in the blood. I can't, I is. can't take any credit but for that. You're the CAO now. You, you mm. can't take any credit you're, for it. You've always been the caretaker. Yes. As, yeah. the, as, as oh, I say oh, in the shining. Okay. I, li- I like that. It's like hotel California, man. Yeah. I like that. Uh, so, hotel so California. given what we talked about, about I can check Prince, out anytime. This might go back into the Prince conversation, but given all the lessons that we've been talking about that Prince taught people, yeah. uh, what 
can we be telling people like to take from this and to like do going forward in a year that honestly, you know, somebody posted like not only is that you have musicians on like Bowie, you know, uh, Prince and, yeah. and somebody was just yeah. like, and music is dying. Well, my, my, my FMC partner, Kevin Erickson, who's like, you know, just a, a brilliant guy, um, was talking about Prince a lot. This affected him in, in, in a big way. And one of the things he said was awesome. I actually referenced it on my little TV spot today. With, <laughs> with, with, with no pants. With the, I'm glad you wore pants. I didn't wear, I actually, no, I literally did not wear pants. I know. <laughs> like uh, CBC, uh, Canadian Broadcasting. I, uh, I, 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 I did not, if you're listening, I was not wearing pants. I almost texted you and said, pants are optional, but then I was like, no, nah, not really. No, I, they're always optional where I can get away with it, <laughs> <Okay>. motherfucker. <laughs> We're talking about Prince here. All right, I was wearing my right. Bowie shirt and I was pantsless. I mean, awesome. I'm doing double duty. Pants, but never, never, never. I do the podcast start. Naked. Anyway, I think I know where you're going. Um, you know, Kevin Kevin was talking about, you know, one thing that was really personal and I thought was super awesome about Prince. He's the first artist that Kevin uh, says he uh, he couldn't figure out where to put in his catalog yeah. of records. Like, so I put it with like the like pop records, R&B records, jazz records, rock records, mm -hmm. you know, funk records. Like, where do you put it? No, it's in its own category. It's called Prince. Um, but we think a lot about like about artists having control. I mean, it comes down to that at the end of the day. One of the things that has, ha has been difficult about the the internet is that you've got commodifier commodifiers on both sides now. Uh, the traditional record record industry, which was really really consolidated and heavily commodified even before Napster happened, and has only yeah. become more so as a yeah. sort of defense mechanism. Right. And it's understandable. I mean, it's not a criticism as much as it is an acknowledgement. So it's a, just a business <clears throat> strategy. And then, right. And then on the other side of it, you have the commoditizers who essentially are, are, are platforms that have to exi exist at scale because scale is the only uh, economic reality right. in, yeah. in, in today's internet. Um, and whether you can actually change that depends on a lot of factors right. that are completely outside of the music industry. But I think the create, not just the music industry, but the broader creative sector is, has to have a voice in that. Um, when you get down to the individual artist, <clears throat> And the moral charge, you know, where that rests, yeah. like artists feeling that they should have some control over their own destiny, that they should have control over their their own work. Um, it's easy to make fun of Prince because, like, you know, he does things that seem internally inconsistent yeah. And, yeah. and kind of strange and you don't know, they seem you know that way. what they mean and, and so on and so forth. But there, but the... But the general vibe of that, the the reality of that is really just an expression of an artist who believes deeply that they should have that much control. Yeah. And if he believes that he should have that much control, I don't I don't have any beef with it. Right. The problem is like, you know, it's sending an interesting signal to today's uh, market because those oldsters who sort of look to him as confirmation of the things that they're frustrated with, you know, might continue to say, you know, the internet, let's drown it in the bathtub. When the reality is the younger kids are so desperate for exposure on any level. And this is the only thing that they, they have at their disposal yeah. reasonably right. that can, that can, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, sort of, well, that. it's an interesting point you said, uh, the oldsters and whatnot. But, you know, one thing that happened today is normally, you know, when David Bowie died, everybody went to, like, we're going to, right. like, stream. <laughs> we're, we're, going, we're going to stream and we're going to watch all the videos and we're going to do yep. all this stuff. And, right. and this right now, I suspect it'll be turned around by tomorrow. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my guess. It depends what his will says. but uh, yeah, and, but, I know, and I know it's in his will. 
You know it's in his will. It would if I had to guess, it probably yeah, would be. You yeah. know it's in his will. But 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 all these people who just are consuming music on a streaming platform just did not have access to mourn the way right. people uh, us as people like, like if Frank Zappa had died in the internet age and his music had yeah yeah on streaming, <laughs> it just would have been like it would have been a big deal and but I look I bring up Zappa just because I think there is an, an analog yeah sure Zappa Certainly. is is an artist who had <laughs> Zappa had his own Zappa code uh, right. of of uh, of being yeah. and uh, anybody who would participate in his business enterprise had to not just acknowledge it but actually you know um you know, demonstrate fealty to it. Right. And his post, you know, mortem estate management went to Gale. Yeah. And Gale was going off of playbook, but then all of a sudden things can't, you know, that was fine when, when it was like, Ryko has the best deal in town and they're going to treat the, the repackages okay. And we're going to yeah. go with them and we're going to keep it in print. Right. That's a different management strategy. That, and you know, she still has the vaults, but uh, that's a different management strategy than making a choice about, releasing stuff from those vaults over time in a download environment and then later a streaming environment. Yeah. And she was very skeptical about streaming because she didn't know what to do. I don't yeah. think it's because she was like clueless. I think she's, right. I, you know, I hear that, you know, she, she has her, there's some, you know, issues with Gail, but like <clears throat> from other musicians that played in Zappa's band. Uh, but I don't think she was naive on any level. I just think that she was making those decisions without counsel um, yeah. I think Prince actually died, you know, knowing what the access technology was going to be for the right. foreseeable future and very well could have encoded. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, legal. I'm almost yeah. positive he did. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's on t he's, he is on title. He's on title. And so. the reason why and, and I think that the, the important thing is to mention why he's on title. He, he appreciated the fact that Jay-Z was standing up for artists. That was what he, he told the Guardian. That yeah, he he's, like, he's, he's extraordinarily misled. Yeah, he, I, well, I, I agree. But it's the idea that he's like, I want to stand behind my, my guy, Jay-Z, yeah. who's a fellow artist, who's trying to, quote unquote, stand well, up for look, artists. Okay, so it's a little bit like the United Artists thing that happened in, in California when a bunch of artists and, and, and uh, actors and management sort of actually created a, you know, leverage by through through building their own studio. Right. Um, but But the thing is, like, None of those artists or the majority of those artists that were sitting there with Jay when they launched <laughs> that thing yeah. own their masters. No. Right. So basically like the service, whoever runs the service, whoever the CEO is and the CFO and the CEO, right. they have to actually on a two year cycle, you know, and that's being generous, you know, go into renegotiations with the people who actually own right. all that superstar content. Yeah. yeah. And the only reason that they were paying them anymore was because, you know, they basically were hoping that uh, their version of scale would uh, without a free tier and the superstar yeah. thing, so it's marketing, dude. And I don't know why Prince fell for that. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't, the, the fundamental yeah. economics of this is like helping the little artists is bullshit. Still, I agree. still the same pro rata uh, royalty calculation. Right, right, right. So there's absolutely nothing that really. Yeah. I, I in my mind I see is you, different or yeah I at see all. I see a thing where Spotify swoops in in like a year and a half and just like Spotify's only problem is just that it's got the free tier some people like it some people don't yeah yeah, yeah. but I can see where if if they can increase their market share they can swoop in with you know capital and do the same thing they did with uh, the Beatles catalog and with <sighs> like, because because Prince's catalog now becomes the 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 big fish in well, the pond. Well, his, his estate owns it. Whoever he willed that thing to um, right. yeah, owns but, it. But, but, it's like, but it's like that big, big, big fish in the pond where like the Led Zeppelin catalog was out there for a while. And then it became... Out there the, how? I mean, like it, in a sense where they were trying to... They the were the trying Great White to, Whale, you mean? Yeah, it was the Great White Whale of like, okay, well, who's going to... The Beatles? 
yeah, yeah. the Beatles, and now to me it's Pink like, Floyd. yeah, and now Prince becomes. I just burped in your microphone. Awesome. Thank you very much. That's so to fair. me, Prince becomes Not that the first time again, Casey. Big one where it's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> Lord, or like Prince becomes the one where it's like, okay, who grabs that when it becomes available for somebody to grab it? Well, there's not many left. I mean, think about it. Like, okay, so first of all, that's probably not going to be an instance or a situation with Prince because through death, he can actually express a timeless, you know, uh, uh, moratorium. Right. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, interested yeah. to see if that's in the will. I mean, that, that's something we'll see in the next if couple is, of weeks. If it's not, then you're right. Right. And then let's pretend that it's not. Then there's the idea that there's a floating catalog that he has managed to recapture from Warner Brothers, right. uh, you know, with the threat of uh, controversy and dirty mind actually coming up for termination. He used that as leverage to get the rest of it back. Right, right. And right. it was a distribution deal. And the weird thing is, like, since he owns the copyright, he can actually make decisions about the distribution. Mm-hmm. I think that Warner Brothers assumed that he was going to continue to allow those records to be streamed so they would get a percentage, theoretically, for being a distribution right. partner. Yeah. But he shut that down. So the thing is, culturally, though, I know, I know what we didn't address, and that is how do young people actually hear uh, Prince records if they can't? You know, right, how, how does right. this, because, how does because, because you're for, on? Yeah, because like without the streaming, you're forcing you have two options. You have a record store or you have piracy. Or daily motion videos because they're <laughs> like, they're yeah. out of France and they're right. okay. Dodge, dodging the safe harbors, that's a different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could do an entire podcast by myself about that motherfucker. Right. Uh, we, might, we, we might go upstairs and let you do that. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the the weird thing about Prince, though, is that there are uh, so many wonderful songs that would deeply enrich young people who are playing instruments and, 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 and working with technology and, that, and arranging records. And that was going to be my next question is that so given that all the I mean, at the end of the day, you know, art, it has to be has to be commerce. It has to. It has to support the person making it. Yeah. It has to support the people making it. But at the same time, this also supports like our society. Well, access was important because, you know, in coming up in my generation, the reason that I was able to do things like have confidence and authority and all mm-hmm. of the, the, the musical things that I took on that were creative. Yeah. And it's been writing and it's been, uh, you know, performing and it's been, uh, you know, mixing and stuff like that. So it's all, it, it's very much part of my life. I wouldn't have had that knowledge to draw from if I, every single parent whose houses that I went to while the, they smoked pot and like, you know, had their, their key parties. Just kidding. That didn't actually happen with, to me. <laughs> yeah. I did, it totally happened to somebody. I'm like, wow, key party. Uh, you know, it you, sounds exciting. You could actually. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, key party this Saturday, guys. I'm bringing it back. I'm 42. I can do this now. I'm 38 now. I just right. turned. Yeah, so you're, you're, you can come in. Like, we got a cutoff. It's 35. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it needs to be old, gross flesh flopping around. <laughs> Sorry, this is a this I is a no, Prince I have podcast. none of that, by the way. So, <laughs> well, start working on it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Keep drinking the beer. You're, you're on the right track. Your metabolism is going to catch up to you eventually. Yes, so, it will. <laughs> so there's like you know there, there's the idea that I could go to like a, a you know kids' houses like you know hanging out playing Transformers or whatever. And right. there's like a record collection there. I can go to it. Yeah. I can look at him like Thin Lizzy, Live and Dangerous, you know, yep. uh, Deep Purple, you know, right. Made in Japan. And it's like there's there's a lot of stuff there that uh, the, the access on that level resonated with me. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, you know, Grateful Dead, like everything. Yeah. Even the shit I hated, like that was like there were libraries in our in 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 our immediate environments, and now there theoretically is access to everything. But in as the sort of youth marketplace gets migrated towards 
licensed products um, simply because they're just more convenient yeah, than yeah. seeking out a torrent. It's the it's an in, instant gratification. It's ubiquitous. It's cross platform. And it, and it feels free. Um, and they're going to be naturalized to it because basically what's going to happen is like our six year old's going to go to college someday. Yeah. And she's going to realize at that moment that we've been paying her, you know, whatever. I don't want to say Spotify, like we'll call it something else because it could so, be something else. Yeah. We've, been, we've been paying that like we've been paying the electric bill the entire time. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, and and their, their, their expectation is that access is just going to be a through line throughout their life in as much as they value it, probably expressed through a subscription to a platform. And, uh, and, and that means that anything that is absent from that platform is simply not going to have the opportunity to be re- culturally reintroduced. Right. It also means, uh, uh, I mean, that gets back to back in the day, stuff that didn't make it on. I mean, it's why indie rock, period, and punk, like, rose up. Right. Because this didn't make it on major labels. Um, and we wanted access. We wanted yeah, we access. we wanted access. So, so if you got, I mean, this is not something I actually, I mean, because I grew up in fucking Lynchburg, Virginia, this is not something I technically relate to, yeah. but I, I understand like I, somebody going in and getting the fucking. How big was Lynchburg when you were growing up? Like how? It was 200,000 actually. It's a big town. Yeah, it's yeah. decent. And it's like, it, it, like that's, it's a South. So it's like ra- racially mixed. In terms well, of population. no, it wasn't. It was segregated. Oh, it's segregated, but the, in terms of population. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. It, and, and so. I grew up in the Northeast where everybody's white and pissed off. Right, right, right. And. But but so the idea of like somebody up here in say DC buying a a seven inch from Fugazi and you know in the like early eighties yeah. or or whoever in the early eighties uh, that didn't occur to us down there. And you know, Patton Oswalt has a really great uh, like bit about this. You should check it out. Like I can't remember which one it's on. It's on like a couple back before he had the kid and his comedy yeah. suffered. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Wow. Uh, but anyway, I'll you, take zero on the bucks. <laughs> there, yeah. you there you go. I can I can I can poke uh, hard on the on other uh, sort of entertainment genres. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't ask me a question about what I think about music. Um, the I the the th- the the thing is, Patton was talking about. Um, you know, growing up in basically, he grew up up here. Yeah, yeah, he grew up. Yeah, in I can't remember what town. I don't. It might have been Lynchburg. I don't. I don't. No, think it was Springfield. It was closer, right? No, or, yeah, or it, was Springfield. it was Springfield. Yeah. Yeah. I think right. it was outside of DC. Yeah. So he was talking about like you know, and he has multiple riffs on this. So I'm probably just like pooling them all. But you know, he's talking about like one guy that was like reviewing the movies on his local <laughs> uh, television station. Oh, yeah, that was like the window into this world of cinema for a young Patton Oswalt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he'd watch it and like the guy would like have like this ridiculous, stupid take on Mad Max that made you wonder whether a, he had ever seen a movie and B <laughs> like, you know, like, like what the fuck? Like this right. looks awesome. How can you, right, right, <laughs> and, right. Uh, and you know, Patton has to sort of deal with that and the local, local record reviewer or whatever that is, they probably didn't have one, but, and and just those filters, those hard, yeah, core yeah, yeah, siloed yeah. filters that were even in and of themselves difficult to access. Well, well, for but back to steer back to Prince a little bit. Uh, I I first uh, saw I first heard of Purple Rain, uh, not on the radio, uh, but uh, Siskel Niebert. Seriously, and I was oh, because of the Purple Rain review. I, no, I, I, because we had PBS, we did not have I, cable. Oh, I love that. I same here. Yeah. My God, 
Wow. And and we wow. did not have cable. Wow. And, and I watched so, it. I was probably watching yeah. it at the same time <laughs> as you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Marcus, <laughs> clean up the mess yeah, of yeah, our yeah, brains. Was, okay, so I was so, thought, no, wait, 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 let me finish. So okay, I remember yeah, 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 we yeah. watched this. Yes, we and did. And we watched, we watched <clears throat> the uh, Purple Rain we watched it so uh, hard. thing. And, and it was just like, that's fascinating. And my parents are just like horrified. Like uh, My mom was like same a thing, super thing hardcore Prince fan. And they're talking, really, they didn't say much about Purple Rain. Because, I mean... Cisco neighbor Chicago. They're yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Like this guy, uh, but but with the wall, they were like, <laughs> they were like, oh, this is so much art. This is art in your fucking face. And I'm watching, and I'm like, I feel like that woman's getting thrown around, and, I, and there's what what's going on? I'm scared. And then I finally saw the movie, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. I'll, I'll reference back to the Purple Rain pie. There's two pops, two points I want to make. Number one, I saw Purple Rain when I was six years old. And it was the Jesus. first. It was the first R-rated movie I ever saw. My mom definitely did the thing where she Your like. Mom did not her, think it was too her licky. Arm me. And no, but no, but I was a fan of Prince, and she was a fan of Prince. Yeah, so the Apollonia, like uh, Lake Moza, 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 was Minnetonka, a scene. Minnetonka. which I went to because I went to Minneapolis. I and went that, to Minneapolis on vacation recently, and there's two places I definitely went to. I went to First <laughs> Avenue, and I went to fucking Lake Minnetonka. Yep. I actually yep. went to Lake Minnetonka. Did you ride a motorcycle? No, I did not. Uh, I sadly not ride a purple so I'm motorcycle. So I'm not going to do it unless I got a girl in a bike. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, here, so here's my other thought. We're talking about, like, walling off material. I think that there's a thing with classic material now, and Prince may be, like, the artist that may establish where that line is and going back, where it's just gated behind this... Part, this this thing where the music industry made all this money and this was an era that died. Yeah. So all of the music that exists behind this wall is all just like unavailable for negative review and it's raised to like this like yeah. exalted yeah. high level. Yeah. yeah. So there's a thought about that and and my and the the thought about that as well as thinking about modern music and thinking about artists in this era is that it's almost impossible to be an artist in this era and to think that you're ever going to release something that is going to get to that is going to get behind that fence and actually make money yeah, on the, the same path, level. The paths to that are so narrow because of the of the scalar aspect. I just said scalar. That's S C L A R. Did I say it? no? Sklar. 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 <laughs> Shit. Sklar. <laughs> uh, it's totally scalar, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, dude. Right? It's all good, bro. It's all good. Uh, it's all I hear good. You. Uh, but the idea that you know that you have to reach this enormity, uh, this enormity, in order for something to be profitable, is kind of a a persistent factor of you know globalism plus the internet, and it's the only economic reality on the internet. So that's what I wanted to get to, like before we get out, mm-hmm. because uh, I think you have maybe kid duty. No, I got nothing, man. I could talk all night. Okay, we'll yeah, be another a, four hour. Yeah. We've been trying to limit it, but we'll, we'll yeah, go four I hours. A, right I have thought on this too, so we'll do it in two. Go. Yeah. So it'll be like you yeah, know, the yeah, wall. yeah. It'll be. <laughs> uh, we're only at Vera right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, so, 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 in the post Prince universe. Uh-huh. Oh man, that's something to consider. So, wow. so we, we used to just said those words. We're we're now in it. Yeah. We we were talking about music in a post Kendrick. Yeah. We're now in a post Prince. So, and like I said, print, and Prince is the gate. Now, when you look at like... So you're saying he's going to be a... It's a religion. Yeah. Prince is the well, gate. Prince is the gate. It's, it's, the gate. The it's the point of like, so, okay. So like, there's like a point you can look at now and go like... You know who else is also the gate? Who? Yogg-Sothoth. 
<laughs> That's for all my Lovecraft nerds. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, yeah. So here's my thought. Okay, so in the post prince universe, wait, you have a thought? I have many of them. Uh-huh. Way too many of them. Well, it's unfortunate. I know you're you're welcome. Um, in a post prince world, um, there's ways to get around this idea that you have to get behind this giant fence that exists now in the music industry. And that's what I want to and talk it's, about. And it's being global. So like thoughts mm. about this. Thoughts about music. Um. I do a lot of like work in a dance space and uh, there's two like genres that are hot right now in that space that are just just provide a way to think about things. So like grime and ballet funk, like grime exists out of the UK and is coming over to the United States, but it's only coming to the United States because it's grown so big in Britain to the point mm-hmm. where. But hasn't grime been like happening forever? I mean, yeah, I was reviewing grime but, records in but, like the early 2000s. But I'll put it like this. Skepta can get over to the United States because he's lost the accent. So he could take yeah. the sound outside of the realm of the United Kingdom. And also hip hop, which is part of the grime box, is global now. So everything that he does in grime is now part of this globally informed box. So there's this like, there's like a, it's atmospheric. You go up to that level and layer, there's a uh, lingua franca that is global. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, the same, global, it's like the global 1%. Right. So it's the same thing with Baile Funk, which comes out of Brazil. And there's Brazilian artists who can get as big as they can get in Brazil. And then because where Baile Funk touches gangster rap. Yeah. It's now like global. Okay. So you could get around having to go over the fence and artists okay. need to think about how to make their music round. Ooh. Instead yeah. of That's interesting. tall. Like yeah. cuz with, with Prince. Prince made his music for, for Purple Rain. Purple Rain is this tall album. It reaches to like yeah, well, it's, it's also around. It's also yeah. around. Yeah. It's also like, around. Yeah, well, but, but, it, but, but it's, it's a right. tower. Right, but yeah. it's a tower. It's, not, it's as not horizontal. As, as much as it's round, it is also extraordinarily <laughs> tall. It's like, I'm going to make Jimi Hendrix style rock records yeah. with a soulful edge. That's what I'm going to do. And everything, so, and that's and that's the thing. So artists, you don't have to go tall. You go Round. That's not quite where I was going with it, but sort of similar. Okay. Is that is something that I really despise, which is coming, and uh, I think Casey, you'll agree with this, yeah. is the fracturing of, of everything we have. Like the, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get into it too much right now, but like the David Lowry lawsuit yeah. against Spotify. Yeah. Like these yeah. streaming yeah, services. If you want David to come down, I can ask him. Please do. Please, yeah. Like I, I used to. See him once in a while in Richmond, but uh, you know he's. I don't know though. His lawyers are probably telling him that he shouldn't talk all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we all chuckle at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 my point is, is like if you take somebody like Prince, like so so this is going to fracture. Yeah. Can we agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Like, this is going to fracture. I don't know what's going to happen when it fractures, but but if you take someone like Prince who took control of this and said, I'm like 20 years ago, can do his own distribution network. He can do his own thing. Yeah. And, and that was in the early stages of the internet. So as much as this fucking, I know you raised your hand, as much as this fucking pisses me off, like, could it be better if this fractures and then all of a sudden we we actually have to work to find well the reassigning art we want? value like reassigning value on the terms of the people who actually you know create that value and and inspire the demand mm-hmm. you know I see where you're going and 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 I think that there's like <laughs> it's an <laughs> it's an appealing thought isn't it, it uh, well it's a horrifying thought to me because I sort of want it because we also want the other thing we also want the other thing mm-hmm. yeah right. I know I do I mean uh, you know I'm a guy that is. Like I keep saying it over and over again, you know, I left school at 16, went to school for jazz guitar, left that, didn't go back to college, didn't do anything other than play, write, perform, 
produce, engineer, mix, master, write about, and then now advocate for my scene. And uh, so it's like my entire life has been a full time, 100 percent, you know, set of bizarre fucking professions in music that are not the quote unquote industry, but are also the industry. Oh, I forgot to say managing and buying for independent record store in the 90s. That was already 20 years old and still exists today. And so, like, I know the distribution side of it, too. And it's a it is a really weird thing to think about all of the values that we had at that time, which were all about. You said it earlier, access. And, you know, we wanted to break to consumers because there were so many walls that were uh, getting exceedingly high, preventing us from reaching the, the consumer. Mm-hmm. Now, what we didn't anticipate was that uh, the, the development of this, this, this new connectivity would happen along the lines of, of, of uh, you know, economics we just couldn't predict. Yeah, there was 1.0, no. which was like, hang your shingle out yeah. and people will come to you. <laughs> yeah. And now everything's feed, feed and, 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 and data, uh, data scraped social graphs. And that's just kind of like how everything yeah. works. And it's global and it's at like tremendous scale. So the idea that you can replicate any of those values from the previous you know, version of the independent, you know, insurrection yeah. Is, yeah. is really, really hard. But at the same time, you know, there's that part that really where you really do want as a punk rocker, right. as, a, as, a, as somebody who just wants to communicate music and express music, you really do want to touch as many people as possible. And maybe you don't care so much about that stuff. I think there's a bunch of artists out there now who like are desperate to reach somebody somehow. Yeah. And I think the goal is to enable them to do that in a way that actually is respectful of the of the heat that they generate Mm -hmm. and the opportunity that you have to draw, uh, you know, paying customers, I suppose. And if we have to put down a couple of walls, then let's put down a couple of walls, you know, like I I think that the the expectation of access plus the idea that, you know, you can actually. Uh, have some control over the economics. It's not an impossible conceit. No, it's It's not. just that the two Titans fighting happen to want well, 100% total control right. and 100% total for, for, freedom. For me, for me, it comes back to, uh, and this is a very reductive argument, but it comes back to the, you know, what do you expect out of your career? And if you, you know, you know, if you're just making art, there was somebody, and I won't name names, but there was somebody who spoke at the FMC mm-hmm. conference last time that I was just like, you're, this is whining. Mm-hmm. This is like, I'm sorry you don't get to live your life exactly how you want to live your life, but that's not life. There's trade-offs, but I look at this as like in a, in a labor context, okay. which I think is where the power rests and, and teaching musicians that it rests there, like is, is going to, is the work of the age. I think, um, yeah, there are, uh, because you don't want to give up the things that were absolutely proper and righteous about, you know, the hard won rights that you had as artists just because this magical digital thing came along. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that can do that is, is collective uh, leverage, expressed collective leverage. Because otherwise this is going to be like the anomalies and their uh, sort of Marie Antoinette kind of. Mm. Yeah, but so, so, so what happens if, um, if all of a sudden the musical landscape becomes a complete meritocracy? I mean, it is to some extent. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. But it's also, a meritocracy uh, that's ruled by like robots and and well, and it's dark a meritocracy. Payola. But you can buy uh, PR that can get heat on you. Oh. 
Mm. Yeah, you always could though. Like, mm. like, look at it this way: the old, like, hang yeah, on. No the, problem, the old yeah. industry was actually like the opacity, like allowed the 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 captains of uh, of industry to create the illusion or impression of bigness by having exclusive control of you know the 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 you know the mechanisms of production, right. distribution, right. and sure. also promotion, where it becomes truly essential. I can see you like actually yeah, no, literally no, have I'm, your I'm, hand over your. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, it's funny because you're making me uh, think of something. There. I got almost you, man. There. It's all good. Almost it's all there. good, man. It's all and uh, whereas whereas now you know so much of the 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 uh power and decision making rests with the consumer it's no longer a push it's a pull and so we have theoretically this you know expanded uh access yeah but the problem is we also have you know amazing noise and i break the hearts of music industry people constantly because i tell this to their faces um you know high level motherfuckers i tell this to their faces i say music just doesn't enjoy the pride of positioning in the cultural dialogue that it did in you know no. any time that we were around or and before no. uh we're in the tv res- uh, renaissance right now exactly i mean some of that is a limited accessibility but some of it is also like uh the fact that you know we've got not just the today's hits, you know, competing against each other in a narrow mm-hmm. chart sense for a certain amount of uh, attention and economic tr- spend in a transactional market. Boy, oh boy, this is getting wicked nerdy now. I need to pull down the <laughs> flow charts and the, and the, get the, the, the whiteboard. I mean, the, fact, the fact that you use the term wicked, it just got wicked. I'm from, I'm from yeah. wicked, <laughs> wicked fucking Northeast, motherfucker. Yeah, I love it. I love uh, it. And the other side of it, though, though, is like you got that thing going on, but then you have the, this idea that, uh, you know, there is a million other uh, things that are competing for mind share. We've yeah. got, you know, cat videos and Game of Thrones. We've got porn and like, you know, uh, Better Call Saul. You know, there's just like a million but things. That's, that's, Podcasts. That, that's actually what I was talking about, though. Like, what if it just all disengaged and it's just every man for yourself and you have to rely on like, maybe this is what you're just going to make for your art. Pure total disaggregation the, with no possible of economic uh, sustenance. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll toss this in. That'll um, never happen because the industries won't let it. Yeah, there's, there's, there's three is things. That, that, is that why? Yeah, there's three why. things to think about. It's all to me. It's all about being able to reach out and connect with the most powerful controlling hand. Like yeah. hands that would never reach out and touch each other in the industry beforehand need to reach out and touch each other in order to make this work. So like Avicii working with people who make folk rock and creating a folk rock EDM hybrid because country makes money. I got to go take a bath. What's up? I said, that sounds gross. It's the grossest because wait, because wait, then you get like Sturgill Simpson. I don't want your global slurry, dude. (laughs) No, you don't, but you're going to get it. You're going to get all of it. Just you wait, just you wait. And then uh, you get like Sturgill Simpson making Nirvana covers. Yeah, yeah, because Sturge, that's, yeah that, that's that. Well, Sturge that did the other one. Sturge did uh, the the uh, the one in Rome one. Whatever the other one. Right, one. but, but I'm thinking, but it's all about that that handshake that has to occur with I'm deeply disappointed partially in that Sturgill record. I am very disappointed. We 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 covered it. Trust me, we're all we're all disappointed. Trying to get it, it, there. It was me, me, him, and Eduardo talked about it, yeah. and it was basically like. You know, I mean, there's a poster sitting right fucking here. You want to look at a crazy leap? Look at Ray Lamontagne's last record where he goes like full Floyd. That's a a weird situation. That's what I'm I'm talking about. Like you have to create those those cross-cultural handshakes that are really ugly and really disgusting and and sometimes create music that is disingenuous and all the way wrong. Yeah, like Aerosmith and Run DMC. 
Wow, you nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. That's, you got to do it. You got to do it to break on through to the other side. Right, but that's what's, yeah. but that's where we go now. And then you end up with... And then you end up, in the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then you end up with something like even like Drake. Drake, Drake is an artist that signed to Skepta's label. It said The Boy Better Know, which is an independent out of the UK. Drake is an artist where he's signed now. He's not working with yeah. YMCMB anymore. And that's the thing that he's doing. Because it's like, okay, so like I need to create a handshake somewhere where I could be sustainable that's not a American mainstream label. Well, I like that. I like that on, on, on a certain level that like culture is sort of, uh, you know, unbridled and that right. it has the opportunity to wander. And if it wanders globally because of this yeah. technology, then, uh, you know, even outside of the corporate you know, universe, right. it is it becomes a different type of cultural possibility yeah, that we've like, not ever. Yeah. The best had. artist in the world, Drake unequivocally for people who are like not our age Drake's the best artist in the world he has an independent label deal he's yeah. working with an indie I... that has distribution you know Adele's on XL and you know right. beggars yeah exactly but I mean but to me it's like it's one of those things where he's out of Canada his label's based in you know the UK and he's releasing tracks in America there's a weird triangle trade there that, like, to me is... Kevin, we're, uh, we're, we're officially uh, 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 taping the second podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's what I'm thinking. Like, that's just where I kind of think we, we are headed with all of this, is all of these weird handshakes taking place that ultimately allow the majors on some level to be able to sustain because they can pull in people that they would never pull in before. Well, majors can sustain just because they have catalog. And as long as they, they as long as the laws, the, the terrestrial laws are supportive enough, but don't you, the yeah. earthly laws, that's why I mean when I say terrestrial, <laughs> but don't you think there's a, there's a, there's a diminished return on that with every single year that goes by? Apparently not. Uh, because the, 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 the stats are thus, uh, this is the first year that conclusively, um, catalog has outpaced, new releases saw in that, yeah. every single format. Yeah, right. Now, some people freak the hell out about that. I just basically call it the, you know, the effects of granularity. In the past, we had no ability to actually really keep that much music in print, first of all. And right. second of all, there's a, there's a new factor that's been introduced, and I think it's option paralysis, because we don't really have the, the filter figured out yet. Right, right, right. And so people, when they're confronted with infinity, go to what they know. Uh, and so that might actually yeah. skew towards uh, back catalog as opposed to new stuff, which is un. Yes, yeah, so we get. Yes, yeah, so then we get to that gate conversation that we were having about all those artists that are behind. Well, also, the psychology the of how people like digest music is is. Uh, you know, repetitive sounds like what repetitive sounds sound good to you and what makes you feel like literally like physically right. feel good. And, you know, I think last time you heard we talked about this, the casual listener, the lean back listener. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, well, that, we talked about all that far out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and and that's going to be the uh, that's going to be the explanation for the uh, the catalog. Yeah. So like because. If I like the Eagles, uh, I like the oh. Eagles, man. Fuck yeah. yeah. I'll put it like this. So like when we talk about like that global handshake, there's like, I call it the polarity gap, the gap between the very right and the very wrong. Like there's a thing where there's a listener out there who's like, I don't care about your Diplo or your Skrillex or your dubstep. Give me the Eagles. Yeah. Give me the Beatles. Give me mm -hmm. Prince. Give me Michael Jackson. Give me all of that. Oh, it's available on Spotify and I'll have to pay us $9.99 a month and I could have all of that and I don't have to and yeah. I mean this other stuff is there but I don't have to worry about it it can yeah. just exist at a quarter cool yeah 
And then there's something there that like is something I think that people need to worry about or think about what do you think about the future. Well, music. pricing the value of the of the newer stuff I think is where the industry is trying to go because they're and then that's the concept of introducing windowing into a digital marketplace. Yeah. And you know, I think they actually that can occur. And I think it occurs when like again, somebody my my kid's age gets to be uh, you know, a yeah. teenager and the idea that everything is available, accessible, subscription on demand is one hundred percent completely no questions asked the goddamn reality right and at, at that point you know there could you could actually introduce walls to to but the problem is you can't introduce walls to what you can't introduce walls to entice them to buy a physical product right no but you can in, 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 induce in, or download but you can create walls to get them to only pay this much amount of, or pay this yeah. extra amount of money or pay right. any money. Correct, correct, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. There was something being trying to introduce uh, with a lot of legislation, and Comcast was actually pushing for this, uh, to have sort of like a tax uh, and some municipalities, like a, like a, like a, like a tax yeah. on, on your thing, and then you would have access to essentially a streaming service. You know that that's been floated like like it goes as early as the like two thousand yeah yeah like in the year two thousand <laughs> um, basically you know at our very first conference I mean that the, the idea of a of an ISP levy was floated and Jim Griffin went down with the ship at Warner Brothers by the way who brought him in to to work on a project on college campuses called Chorus and I think Jim believes that it was a really uh, legitimate attempt by the label to actually. You know, test beta, beta or something. I mm-hmm. believe it was a uh, attempt by the label to invalidate the uh, yeah, that's the the option. The only yeah. time I think the only time, they say they tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, think yeah. the only time that happens is when we get to that point where classic material is outselling new material to like a two to one or a three to one level. What are sales though? I mean, but, but you know what I mean. Like we're so yeah. far as streams. We look at streams. I mean, we get I mean, the streams. I mean, look, at, look at your cable package now. I mean, you have these like useless. I know where you're music. going. Yeah, I'm going like to go somewhere. Channels. You guys are just going to give me the floor for 10 seconds. Okay. Well, okay. So what we're dealing with is the idea of unbundling. Uh, you yeah. Know, uh, and, and so the disruption of, of, of um, the cable system for, you know, audio visual for, mm-hmm. for, for cable yeah. TV is real and it's ongoing. And the FCC right now is doing a rulemaking that is supportive of, uh, uh, you know, coming out of the set dot box and going to third party. Um, carriage systems right. where those uh, network can also can just serve directly yeah. to that yeah. in, so an like cart, and in an all a cart yeah. manner. And, you know, the, 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 the administration also supports it. I mean, I, I've looked at it. There's some questions I have, but whatever. I mean, broadly, there's a lot of like enthusiasm for it, but we haven't found the price point in the market. And maybe we find that out later. But the problem, the, the dastardly problem is when we find out later, we might get the wrong answer. And, yeah. and, and that is simply because the <laughs> very the right yeah. answer, though, the, it might be right and wrong at the same time. Yeah. The very, yeah. very high priced cable environment that is a bundle, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, it bundles IP. But if you're just looking at, at television, let's just look at that for right. a second. It bundles your entertainment suite yeah. for uh, TV. And uh, it subsidizes. There's so much money sloshing around in that system that it subsidizes stuff like your dumb fucking fishing show yeah. or whatever uh, and uh, your underwater basket weaving or whatever. And, and, and it's on there. Look, and, man, noodling is a great show. Right. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, 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 but when you actually break that out, like what competes in the new environment, it becomes right. part of that like capitalist brutal kind of like only the popular can afford to actually produce. Yeah, I was... Oh. 
Yeah. Well, if I jump yeah, in go, here, go my, my thought then is that if you end up, if, you, if you're in that sort of, sort of situation, do you see a thing where like Disney or somebody just like buys into Spotify and they like loop it into their, of course. their totally. package yeah. and it's like, 100%. okay. Yeah. So and that means like, that if you don't actually like the economics of a, of a service from the artist perspective, what likelihood do you have in an integrated entertainment system, in an ambient computing environment, right. in an internet of things universe yeah. of actually like participating directly with the thing that, you know, uh, is more like the uh, let's call it the organic you yeah. know, food thing, like locally sourced or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we have to fight for the locally sourced, and we have to fight for you know uh, the idea of value being put into that. That fine aggregated micro pennies over here for Lady Gaga is okay, um, but look, I can't t- pay my rent if I say to my landlord, dude, it's lifetime of place. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, my thought is that like Spotify then becomes like ESPN six. In yeah. that in that package, right, right, right. Which is so, but, but, but the other thing, is so the last thing is like you're talking about the package. You think of that as like a cable. That's cable supremacy. But if the FCC passes is allowed to produce this rulemaking, what will happen mm-hmm. is that we'll have uh, permanent. Uh, permanent unbundling. And, and that's the unbundling. That and the I was thing is about. like the consumer has to look at this. Uh, it, uh, I'm going to blow some minds here. Okay. okay? You're yep. a consumer and you're paying like, Oh man, I'm so psyched to cut the cord. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. I'm only going to pay $120 for Comcast. And that's just it. And I'm only going to do that. Uh, plus my, uh, you know, a hundred and something bucks to Verizon or anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And, right. Uh, and, but like, yeah, woo, we've liber- we've taken the fire from the gods, my brothers. Uh, but in all actuality, it's like, ah, oh, shit, I got to pay like 10 bucks for stars and like you know, 10 bucks for Cinemax and 10 bucks but, for but, HBO. But, but so, so, so in, in, in my perfect model, in it's my- not like the cable guys are going to lower the prices. No. But what the cable guys will do is because net neutrality doesn't apply to like data caps. Yeah. Cr- Right. So, so, Casey, you made, you made a point. God, can I just jump in for one yeah, quick yeah, second? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so at what point then do the phones and the cable yeah, the sit duopoly. down and have the conversation and go, okay, so... um Jim Bob in his house here, so like he he's got you know he's got us for for phones, and he's got all of those same apps that are on the cable on his phone. And when can we work together and just? Well, they're already doing it. I mean, like yeah. to tell you the truth, like yeah. like the, the the any anything that is a phone now, like a phone company, AT and T and Verizon, that would have any sort of touch on lines. You know they've got uh, they've got the whole VoIP thing figured out, and they're also getting like AT and T is deeply invested. They are a cable company. Yeah. So, but when when do you right. get that one bill? Like, when do I get like you know my T Mobile bill? Well, and that's what I was talking about. That, that, back in. back yeah, to the municipality boom, right. thing is like when when does that fold into like they sell it to a city as a service yeah. as because. Well, you could say you guys need to become activists here, by the way. Yeah, because because <laughs> yeah, I know. like because, I tell you, that's a more that's a more important probably no, my, more important thing than like worrying about the music industry. Yeah, because yeah. my yeah, thought is right. when, when Google puts all the all this, you know, when, when Google puts all the uh, the Wi-Fi in the air. You know, then, then at what point well, is that? Google is good until then. All of a sudden, what they did in Kansas City, they're just like, "Thank you, we're, we're, thank we're you." Going to like start charging for it's this? Very thing arbitrary. That we very doing. arbitrary. It was arbitrary. Yeah, but it's so random. Like, I mean, at that point, it's like, okay, so Google has control of the Wi-Fi that's in the air that's free, but in all Facebook reality, too, in Africa, yeah, right. Well, yeah. well, Facebook in Africa with floating balloons in the air—that uh, that's whatever. I don't, I don't. They want to be the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's just so weird. So it's like, okay, so like we put Google throws 
throws the Wi-Fi in the air, and they're going to try to do this nationwide. And then once they throw the Wi-Fi in the air, then it's like Verizon comes along, and they're like, okay, so we have phones, and we have access to your TV. So they're basically the same module. Look at it this way. There's part, this is all, there are all radio waves, all of them. The thing that you listen to, like in 1950, uh, to hear, you know, the top, you know, hits yeah. of the day, yeah. or the farm report, is right. the same technology that powers your iPhone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're just frequencies on a spectrum. And there are some frequencies that have become newly uh, available uh, due to the shift from television broadcasting to uh, you know, analog to digital. And the spaces in between those are actually pretty super ripe for yeah. exploitation by, I say exploitation because I'm like, I hang out with lawyers all the time and everything is exploitation to me, but it means <laughs> taking advantage of the politics events, uh, taking, yeah. taking advantage <laughs> of the potential of, you know, these, these frequencies to deliver, uh, you know, internet potentially or other types of uh, stuff through, uh, you know, parts of the radio band that can literally punch through a wall through city tenement, uh, you know, can go yeah. wide and it's very, very powerful and so those tv white spaces have been like kind of like up in in play and there's actually a fcc auction for them and okay. and, and google might win that auction it's very possible right. if that right. happens that means that one company actually has the control over over that very very valuable technology that they right. use to disrupt yeah. other other sectors yeah. now the problem really though at the end of the day is that um Radio, as we used to know it, was con considered a scarce resource, and so the FCC put it into a public trust because they looked at what would happen if, you know, fascism being a kissing cousin of corporatism. Yes. You know, they, they recognized that, you know, vesting that power with the people, right. with public interest, true public interest obligations was the right way to go. But we've all but lost that in, in this realm of digital, which we treat somehow uh, psychologically different. Yeah, because we don't understand it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's only, I mean, I, I talk about this with in terms of like the music industry all the time. Like, you think that I, I you know, I was naive. I thought we'd have it figured out by two thousand and seven. Um, but yeah. but you know, honestly, yeah. like, do you think that like whatever tiny weird little mammal that was able to survive the impact event of the of whatever <laughs> right, slammed right, into right, the motherfucking right. planet and killed the dinosaurs had it all figured out? Right, but like so, fifteen years but, in. But, so then, so so back then to the artists. Do we tell artists then? that all they're doing is creating content oh, and that they have no, to create no, like the best no. content possible to cut through this. What is now what we've now like laid out is this giant maze. If you're like an artist and you just make a song, but I'm looking at this, it is like a giant maze of people and things that you really don't understand. I don't think it's a maze. And, and that, the point I was trying to make, okay. like when we yeah. got into this uh, particular sector of this <laughs> is, is that as much as I hate, the idea of segmentation as much as I hate not having like everything I want, like right now yeah. here yeah. Uh, because I'm a privileged like white mm -hmm. dude living <laughs> in Washington, DC. What I want is for somebody making music to be able to like control from soup to nuts, their distribution and get it to people. And it'd be based yeah. on a meritocracy yeah. and, and, and also for bands to understand that. Like you are free because the most frustrating thing that I see in any news story or anything is that like, well, if this goes away, then people just won't make art. And that is such it's bullshit. Bullshit. We'll write on fucking caves, man. 
Right. Like, this is what we are as people. This is why we're doing if this. If we could have recorded, right. like, the, stin, the, the, the skin drum jams, yeah. <laughs> we totally would have. But all the only thing we had to record, it was, like, like literally the, the wall. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so... Not the Pink Floyd album. But. Yeah. So, so if it... If it if it devolves a little backwards and all of a sudden everybody finds this power and understands it, I think you could see a just a great rising up. Is this nineteen fifty seven? No, and this is talking back to like what Prince did. Okay, is just saying like I'm doing this. Fuck everybody. I'm doing this. Mechan- like like I understand the point, but like what I struggle with, and I struggle with this in two of two minds. And it's because I, um, and it's really boring for goddamn podcast, but if somebody you ever really wanted <laughs> to like talk to me about like the deep theory of the integration of like, po- uh, like federal policy in the mm-hmm. marketplace, like I oddly enough, spend the majority of my time, whether somebody was paying attention to me or not, right. really kind of trying to understand these tensions. And one of the things that I've, I, I, I've contemplated is like reintroducing control in terms of um, technological control might be possible. And, and, and I want to actually explore and I encor- encourage that in a recent federal filing that I submitted to the copy, <laughs> copyright office on the a notice and har- uh, notice and um, takedown safe harbor question whereby you know, service like YouTube or any type of intermediary, a search engine or Tumblr or Twitter or uh, anybody that has a website really is uh, shielded from uh, th- from liability for content that their yeah. you know that their user base posts or whatever. And it's an important. It's it's actually <laughs> extraordinarily important. We and I think if people just stop being psychos about it, they could actually probably realize its importance, and that's where you could have a dialogue. Yeah. Right. But the thing is, in order to reintroduce those controls and actually take advantage of new technologies that might actually allow for them. You have to have precision in, I'm going to say a very fancy sentence. <laughs> you have to require the owners of rights to enumerate oh. those rights in a standardized way. Right. Okay? Yeah. And that's the trade-off. And basically, I, like in Moses, and I've got a big-ass fucking uh, staff, and I go, Boom! And I say, Your staff's verily like unto now. thee, verily unto thee, yeah. you know, that you have to have da- data integrity in order to have the exploratory conversation about, uh, you know, detection tech. Yeah. Then uh, you might have a conversation about how you could reintroduce control into essentially chaos. On the other hand, uh, I believe that there are virtuous things about compulsory licenses and people who say mm-hmm. that. Uh, as people who say it's all because of the idea of a compulsory license, they're full of shit. Yeah. There are some places in the marketplace where that actually works and they can also incorporate the granularity of what I'm talking about. And they should, because that would reduce the liability on, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, and right. also create yeah, the opportunity for, uh, for, you know, whatever framework someday, maybe yes, all direct licenses, wouldn't that be just magical? But I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe like, we'll get there. I don't know if yeah. we'll get there. In the interim, what I would like would be like to get more of what the industry wants, which is to reintroduce some type of control in, in certain environments yeah. and test the, you know, t- is there an economic benefit to that? Like, cool. Uh, and do that in a way that doesn't require taking 10 years of picking your favorite senator or congressman and, and fighting it out. That's only good for one um, professional class. And that's yeah. the... 
Yeah. You know, third third kid through college. Sweet. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> right. exactly. But that's a thin layer, motherfucker. It yeah. is. Um, I know you want to shut down this podcast, but I'm just getting I sort started. of do. I yeah, sort, I sort of do. Because, yeah. because I sort of want to force you to come back. Uh, and, well, there you go. And, see? and we're sort of like... Maybe almost three quarters through this bottle Jesus, of rye. Jesus, I'm like, I don't even have any. That's and, impressive. And, yeah, put that so, so, uh, signing off. No, <laughs> from not, the not land of purple off. morning. <laughs> purple, purple morning. So much purple morning. So much purple morning happening it, right now. Uh, I, I, I think, I think what I got out of what we were all talking about tonight is that, um, something that I think we all got out of Prince, which is just create, create. Create, create, push create, yourself, push yourself. Just we are keep. always all only in beta as long as we draw breath. Yeah. Right there it is. And uh, so smart, Casey. Oh, thanks. And uh, after you guys live them, leave them. I'm gonna go cry. After, after we live, after you, <laughs> <laughs> after you live, I'm eternal. <laughs> um, Prince uh, said that on Twitter before. It was like did. his last tweet. He did. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for coming down. Always. Casey, come back sooner and later. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, uh, We'll talk to you later. Right on. Sometimes it snows in April. Sometimes I feel so bad. So bad. Sometimes I wish that life was never ending. All good things they say never last And all good things they say never last And love, it isn't love until it's past